What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Walt, and I am your host. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I know you could spend your time doing literally anything else, but you've chosen to tune in today. And that's something that I take very seriously. My goal is to give you the best return on your time and attention as I possibly can. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this show. So here on the show, we talk about a whole bunch of different things. We talk about the ups and downs, the wins and losses of fatherhood. We talk about marriage, we talk about health and fitness and wellness and mental health, and we talk about all these different things, all these different skill sets that we need to be great at what it is that means the most to us, which is being great men, great husbands, and great fathers. One of the coolest things that we get to do on this show is we get to bring in unbelievable guests, guys that we know and love um, from, from different Um, different areas of life, whether they're professional athletes or authors or entrepreneurs or whatever it may be. And we get to have this peek behind the curtain, this rare peek behind the curtain. We get to hear them reflect on what it's like within the four walls of their own home, within their marriage, the things they struggle with with their kids. We get to bring all that to life and have have a little bit of fun along the way. So today's episode is no exception to that rule. Today's guest is none other than Kyle Carnahan. So Kyle is the founder of Superhuman Fathers, which is a community and program for men who desire to transform their lives in all areas of fatherhood. As a father of five and a husband of 20 years, Kyle has been through waves of stress, struggle, and disappointment in his relationships with his kids and family. But after making several key decisions in his life to be honest with himself about his actions, he started to see incredible change. And now his passion in life is helping other men do the same. So Kyle is a monster physically, and he's in ridiculous shape. Like I would say that he and I have uh, very different communication styles, which you'll probably pick up on uh, as, as you listen to the episode today. But it was really cool to see how we could come from really, I think, different places, but with different communication styles and still land in a very similar place. I really enjoyed um, that dynamic in this conversation with Kyle. Off air, I, I really enjoyed getting to hear Kyle talk about his mission and how he continues to push and grow and help as many people as he possibly can. He, he even mentioned a few stories about how you know he's helped um, people through his coaching back down from the brink of suicide. Um, it, it's just remarkable hearing the impact that Kyle's work is making in the world. If there's anything that I can tell you about Kyle, it's that he cares. He cares about being the best that he can be, and he cares about helping other people do the same. He's a man on a mission, and I greatly respect what he's up to. But above it all, Kyle is an amazing man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Kyle Carnahan. All right, fellas, we have with us today the superhuman father himself, the one and only Mr. Kyle Carnahan. Kyle, thank you so much for making some time to join us here on the show. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. I love it, man. I'm honored. I'm honored that anybody would ever want to talk, hear, hear any of the nonsense that comes out of my mouth, bro. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, good stuff. Well, I, I appreciate the patience for everybody. For everybody listening, had a little technical difficulty as I we were going to press record. Apparently, I didn't have enough space on my computer. Uh, so Kyle, Kyle's being patient with me right off the bat. I got five kids and almost <laughs> 400 coaching clients. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm bred in the fire service. Like chaos is where it's at, man. Like yes. when shit goes wrong, if you could just <laughs> smile, laugh at it, that's the best, especially when it's embarrassing. That's, that's the best. That, is the, that is the best. In front of other people. That's good for you. It's humbling. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take my dose humbly today. There we go. Uh, well, man, you just rattled off a whole bunch of things you got going on right now. And, and on top of that, I'll, I'll give you a, a compliment. I don't know if you are the kind of guy who enjoys a compliment or shies away from them, but dude, oh, you, sure, you're, I'll, you I'll are absolutely real. I'll take them. Dude, you're absolutely shredded. Like you're yoked. Like I'm looking at you right now and I've been following your content. You're in ridiculous shape and you've got so much other stuff going on. And I think most people would look at you know what you've got on your plate just from like the day-to-day life uh five kids in itself if you've got nothing else at all going on five five kids is that'll eat as much time as you let it um 
Man, how do you, how do you how do you keep it all together? How do you balance everything? Oh man, this goes back to the concept of it's it's better to show up every day consistently than to just try to obliterate a week and then take a week off and then obliterate a week and take a week off. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times people look at me and they're like, "Well, yeah, I mean, you're obsessed with fitness." And I'm like, "You're more obsessed with fitness than I am." Like I just show up for 45 minutes a day at the gym the same time every day. And then I just uh, watch what I eat. That's it. I, I just, you're eating the cookies and chips and shit and sitting on the couch. And I just don't eat that. And I'll eat like some beef jerky or, or uh, some, I'll, my snack will be like Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So it's not rocket science and it's not crazy. It's just, when I'm in the gym for 45 minutes, every set I take to absolute death failure, but it's only 45 minutes a day. Like who, who cannot do that? Like anybody can do that. They put it all on the line for 45 minutes a day in the gym, show up every time. Like that is what you do that. Like it's your job, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And I've done that for years now. I mean, decade, yeah. over a decade, you know? So that's been the key to that, like maintenance of where I'm at now is is pretty easy. Um, you know, as you get older, um, how old I are you now? 42. Holy hell. Okay. Looking pretty so, damn good for 42. Good job. Yeah. Like I, I held, the, <laughs> I held the line, like, like I I've been probably sitting between like, I don't know, 10 and 14% body fat for like most of my life. Yeah. Um, in my, not most of my like 30 and beyond right mm-hmm. i had a i had my dad bought it out in my 20s i was yeah. working at a bank and like doing some mortgage shit and stuff kind of <laughs> dad bought it out. got in the fire service hooked yeah. up with some guys that taught me some shit um and then uh and then i just learned how to control my food and then i got involved with with other coaches like like my my main coach wes watson like he just got me got me tighter on the macros like more disciplined and, and just helped me kind of become more of a monk with yep. my my self-denial yeah you know? and that really kind of dialed in all the work that i'd done it, it, it all it really is like how deep guys want to go yeah like however deep you want to go that's a, a, as deep as you can go like however hard you want to push on those sets you can always mm-hmm. squeeze out another rep mm-hmm. it's just that much more painful mm-hmm. or you know or like yeah. You can always like make it burn a little bit more. Yeah. And you can always be a little bit more hungry. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or you can sit there and not scratch that sweet tooth itch or have the beer when you mm-hmm. think you want it. You can always sit in suffering more. And the better you get at that, the more not only is that going to have an effect on your physique, it's going to have an effect on your mind and your ability to sit and suffer when necessary to get the shit done that you need to do. Like, yeah. like I, <laughs> I start talking about it. I start coughing. I got this fucking cough. Like I was up all night last night, like coughing. And there was a time in my life when I would have just like shut everything down today and been like, I, you know, I'm sick. I'll have to reschedule. And now when people call me to reschedule, cause they have a tummy ache or something, I'm like, what? seriously, <laughs> you know, it's just a different mindset, yeah. you know? And I, I've realized like in my marriage, if I start saying I can't show up because I'm sick, what kind of respect do I get from my wife? You know, like right. shit still has to get done. My kids still need to get taken care of. Like business still needs to go forward. My team in superhuman fathers, the, the guys, the, my clients, the brotherhood, it's like, what kind of example am I setting? If I, if I let discomfort sway me from my purpose in life, you know, yeah. so these are I just think- all, some things that picked up the last decade. I want to hit too, like you mentioned the 45 minutes a day. I think there's somebody listening right now and they're going to say, well, I, I can't make 45 minutes a day. So then to that, I like, I, I had Mark Bell on here and we talked about this. He was like, okay, well then just take that down a notch. So he was like all the way down to, okay, go for a 10 minute walk and do that every single day. And if you're doing less than that now, then bumping up to a 10 minute walk every day is going to be an improvement in your life. And you'd be shocked how things snowball from there. Um, yeah. but yeah, man, that idea of like if someone says I don't have 45 minutes a day, they just they just don't want it. They just don't want it. Like sleep less. Well, yeah, but I, 
but but I need more. I need sleep because it's healthy. Well, then your life's about trade offs. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you want? Can't can't have it all and do it all. So like for me, I take a lack of sleep. I just do because I got shit to do that. That is the risk I'm willing to take and I'm willing to be more uncomfortable to do it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the trade-off and that's what must happen in order for me to get what I want. Then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So just, it's, it's really how bad do you want it? That's it. Yeah. One of the things I really respect about you and and you alluded to it in that answer is, you know, (laughs) you're, you've got the, everything going on, the coaching superhuman fathers, but you're not just telling people what to do. You're showing them what to do. Like you're living the example, and you're running as fast as you can out in front of them and saying, come catch me. This is where we're going. And, yeah. um, man, that's like, that's the approach I've really tried to take with my kids. Like what, one of the, you call it a tagline, whatever for, for this show, I say it all the time. And you know, what we do is we love and lead from the front. And what that means is we don't tell our kids how to live. We show them. And when you yeah. live through that lens, I mean, man, there's just, there's just nothing that I've found that's lit a, a bigger fire consistently under my butt to like when that alarm goes off in the morning to not roll over. And um, I mean, when you're under the covers, it feels real good to roll back over, put the other side of your face on the pillow and lay back down. Uh, you got to have some weight to to drag you out of there. But <laughs> man, I got a lot, of, just so much respect for you. I mean, it seems like you are really just a living testament of that, of that principle. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Because like kind of where you get to in your life, where you would have looked like you, you look at it and you would be like, man, I could never do that. And then when you get there, you're like, it's not that hard and, and it's actually not that cool. Like it, it's like, you don't give yourself much credit. Like I remember when I started going to the gym continuously mm-hmm. for the first time in my life where I just like, yeah. didn't miss for like eight weeks. And I was like, I could go home and just like chill and watch Netflix all day. And I'd be like, I won the day, you know, <laughs> but after a while, it's like, you don't get any credit for that anymore. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And then you start stacking more non-negotiables on top of that. And this is how you start to expand the man himself is mm-hmm. things that used to be things that you like won the day with become yeah. standard. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now there's just, that's just who I am. Yeah. And you start stacking more on top. It's the same with like your physique or your relation with your wife or, or the amount of money you make. It's like, once you reach this point, you're like, there's still more of this mountain to climb. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, do you uh, think that scares people? Do you think that holds people back who are at, like the starting line and they say like, "Hey, man, I got it." I know you said it before, or you alluded to it at least before that like we ha- we know the answers. Like we know if we want to lose weight or we want to get in shape, we probably need to eat better, track our food, and work out more consistently. Like, what if I just did that? But do you think that scares people to say, "Okay, I'm never gonna like I'm never gonna go back to these cookies that I absolutely love, well, or I have to drop this beer habit, or whatever it is." It's terrifying because like that is what keeps feels like it keeps them alive. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you think about it like to accept suffering for the rest of your life and just be like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've often shared this story about my kid. All my kids are skateboarders, which I mean, I kind of manipulated them into it as little kids, but <laughs> people are like, how did you get your kids to all rip at skateboarding? I was like, well, I just, I just brought them with me and I, they wanted to be like me. Yeah. Cause I was a, you know, a good dad. I was treating them right. And you know, kid, what are kids like? They like action. They like adventure. They like muscles. They yeah. like, uh, they like excitement, you know? So from yeah. the skate park and they all just kind of glommed onto it. I didn't force them. Although my first kid, I forced a little bit we could talk about that another time. Like <laughs> treated him like a football dad, kind of like aggressive, kind of forced him to skate. And I, couple years later i realized i need to lay off and let these kids be themselves but we could talk about that but so my youngest uh sec yeah second youngest when he was i think he was seven and and we were at our friend's vert ramp it's like a 13 14 foot vert ramp so it's pretty it's pretty big for a seven-year-old man it's big for anybody like yeah vert ramps if you go look down set your board up and look down like it it looks inverted it looks impossible if you've never dropped in on anything like that Mm-hmm. so he goes up and he's kind of scared and his brothers are all there and they're like they're like drop in pussy you know <laughs> i'm like hey 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 lay off lay off the little guy like yeah. 
<laughs> like it's scary. He's not ready yet. And I was telling my son, like, don't worry about it. Just keep skating and cruising, you know, scrape your trucks on the coping a little bit. At some point you'll just, you'll be good. We go back a month later, same thing goes up there, gets scared. Won't do it. Brother was giving him a hard time. Same thing. Just keep skating, man. We go back three months later. He walks up, looks down and goes, Oh, I got this. No adrenaline. No, no worry. No doubt. Just drops in, kills it. Yeah. Like it was easy. Like it was like he was yeah. born to do it. This is very similar to guys that are like, all right, I'm going to wake up at whatever, 4.30 every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to quit. I'm never going to drink again. Or like, <laughs> like fuck those snacks. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or I'm going to take a cold shower every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, don't feel bad if you're not in that spot with certain areas of your life. Just keep working at it. And at some point, you're going to have a Christmas. Like, on Christmas, like I had zero desire to eat shitty or drink. Like zero. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to. Yeah. It was easy. Mm -hmm. I just stuck, I just stuck with what I ate every day. And it was I wasn't missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. I in fact I looked at people that were stuffing their face with cookies and 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 had jerk off face while they're eating it. Ugh, ugh. And I'm just like, wow, oh, that sucks. Like you're just a slave. Yeah. And and then they're you know, they got a double chin. And I'm just like, God. Can I just rescue you from yourself, please? You know, I don't have a desire to do that to myself anymore. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that's scary for people like what we were talking about. I mean, I, I've thought about this uh, alcohol, I think, is a really good example of this. Like uh, I think about my own my own path, you know, had a pretty typical high school experience, had a pretty tip. I mean, I went to SEC college football school and was in a fraternity and did the whole thing and I was there for, uh, you could say my priorities probably weren't quite in line. It was much more about how many nights a week we could get out and have a good time and, right. you know, survive <laughs> to do it again the next day. And that was just, you know, whatever that was what we did. And then you go past there and then it's, then it's like a, a part of you socially, right? Like you meet people and you, you get to know people and all your friends drink and that's what you do. You go to the brewery to, to hang out with your friends or you, you split a bottle of wine with somebody that you care about. And then that becomes like a social identity for you and your it's interwoven with your relationships. And and recently I've kind of gotten to this point where I I'm really, I'm detaching from that. And you could say I'm in the middle of it. I've largely kicked it away. I will, I will, my, my caveat is I'll, like, if I have the chance to sit, have a steak and a glass of wine with my wife, I'm not saying no to that. Um, if I have the opportunity to see my brother who I don't see very often, I might have a beer or two. It's a lot different than it used to be, which would be 11, 12, 13. Uh, yeah. But I'm moving in that way. But the hardest part of that for me has been this like personal rebranding of that and almost relearning, reestablishing relationships with some people that I really love and care about and want to continue to have those relationships with and with, you know, alcohol was intertwined. And then some really just having to be okay letting those go. Like, yep. is that something that you found in, in your life to be true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, they, like, how do we have like, how do we navigate that? I'm in the middle of it right now. And like, it's, it's, it's tough. Your your new life will require your old life to die. Your old life, you must kill it. Destroy it. Anything you're trying to hang on to will hold you back forever. So whatever it is, universe, God or whatever, he's got this plan for you to morph into this incredible human and anything you're holding on to that you're not willing to let go that's what's going to hold you back from the growth that you want and that inevitably like you desire. And then if you don't let go of that, you're going to have this inner turmoil and you're kind of figuring out why it's because you, mm -hmm. you won't let go. Yeah. And that could be a substance that could be people that could be a habit that could be gluttony, laziness. So it could be anything. And, mm -hmm. and the thing with alcohol is like, it's not, none of this shit is bad or good. It just is what it is. And it has the effects that it does. And so being really honest with yourself of like, does this control me? And for me, anything that controls me, whether it's good or bad for you, I don't like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a fireman, dude. Like, I, I've i been using the, like, Zins, nicotine pouches. Mm -hmm. No, they're not tobacco. But yep. like, when you're running three, four nights in a row, no sleep. Like, you pop one of those at two in the morning, like, whoo, Okay. We got this. We're yeah. going to make it, you know? And a lot of times even coming home to the kids after four days, you've seen some bad shit and you're 
like they want to party You're like pop a little zins call it a little mood enhancement packet you know <laughs> and uh but uh i came to the conclusion recently like i was just like looking at them and it was just like those gotta go i'm like well, no, no, no. I've done all the scientific research. They're not yeah. cancer causing. Um, you know, it's just nicotine. And yeah. there's there are no bad side effects to nicotine other than the fact that it, it works really good and you want it more, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like I ain't struggling for money. I could pay for it. But but the feeling was the same. Like, hey, that controls you right now. So, shit, I went downstairs and just threw it all away. And my yeah. wife's like, what are you doing? I just bought like you a hundred dollars worth of that. I was like, I don't know. I just, I feel it. I feel like my spirit is saying break free. Yeah. And then, and there's something to like leading men to mm-hmm. that are in addiction, whether that's drinking or gluttony or porn or whatever, like, like I need to be in that feeling of like breaking free as well yeah. to be able to connect with them. And so I'll, I'm always trying to go deeper, whatever that means, giving up whatever, mm-hmm. like, Maybe just getting more detail on the diet, like more simple. Yeah. That's leading from the front. That's it. That's what I was talking about before. Yeah. Yeah. uh, What are you working on now? Right now? um, Put you on the spot. Yeah. The the nicotine's done like that. That's done. I won't go back to that. Um, Good on you, man. I have lowered my caffeine intake quite a bit. Ooh. That one's rough, bro. Talk about convicting. I'm sitting here with a Nespresso in my hand right now. I've got half a, I got half a bang and half a LaCroix in here right now. <laughs> there you so, go. So right I've been split, splitting up halves and doing like three, four doses a day instead of just like mainlining it into my jugular. Like I we do, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like a lot of us high performers trying to get people getting shit done, like caffeine will run us. Yeah. So I'm working on that, but I'm also working on just cleaning, cleaning up my diet, um, more micronutrient based mm-hmm. instead of carbs, fats, proteins, whatever, yep. like really looking at the protein bar and being like, okay, like this cardboard protein, cool. <laughs> I get the protein, but I only have so much food I get to eat. So am I, is this really the thing that's going to give my body exactly what it needs? Yeah. And I'm less, I'm less, um, motivated by what it's going to do for my body than what it's going to do for my mind and my spirit to be disciplined yeah as crazy as that sounds i mean that's why in the in our group we use the the term warrior monk all the time mm-hmm. like that is like we we actually bring guys into we created the order of the warrior monk for the guys that are getting really close to getting ripped yeah like we go deeper into this idea of just self-denial self-sacrifice is that and, uh you you used the word suffering before? Is that synonymous? Suffering and what? This idea of uh the, the holding back, holding back, oh, yeah. stepping out yeah. of your well, comfort zone, it, quitting caffeine. It. Yeah, like you for you to quit something you want, that is suffering. Yeah. For you to not eat what you want, that is suffering. For you to respond in a calm and patient way to your wife when you're very irritated, that is going to create some level of suffering in that moment. Mm-hmm. you know and and really like when when chaos comes we talked about at the beginning of the show like you know how like maybe the computer's not working or whatever like people <laughs> who can't suffer they flip the fuck out yes they have, they're not practiced with suffering and so they lose their mind anytime you see someone that has an emotional reaction to just lash out and hurt people that is a weak person they have mm-hmm. not learned to suffer and this is why like people that have a very easy life, which is most of us, mm-hmm. um, especially guys. I talked to a lot of guys that like made their money young and uh, maybe sold a business and they're like, cool. Like I'm going to travel the world or whatever. Like so many guys I talked to like this. Yeah. And then they, they hit me up. And they're like, something ain't right, man. I just feel off. I'm like, that's because you, you got soft. You, ha- you ain't doing nothing. Like every day's too easy. You're sleeping every day. You have all the money and food you want. <laughs> you don't control your diet and you're just cruising. And so now you're building up this inner turmoil because you're starting to get scared. And you're scared because your <laughs> mind and spirit know that you're weak and that you're like, you're going to fold like a lawn chair because you haven't been training. Yeah, I'm in training with early workout wake ups. Yeah, I'm in training with hard workouts. You haven't been taking anything away from yourself. 
and you haven't been building or creating anything, mm-hmm. you know? And so it just creates this weak blob of a spirit of mind and a body that's like feels worthless. Yeah. Doesn't I matter how that, much you have. I think that's the connection point too <laughs> to some anybody who's listening, like saying you need to suffer, like that's not that doesn't sound naturally appealing probably to many people but when you think about why that's important why it's important to get up early and go to the gym it's not that so that you can have the big biceps it's not so that, i mean yeah that's sweet like hell yeah that's great that can push you that's great but the real benefit like you said is more about your mind and your spirit it's more about how you're gonna gonna react when you know you're sitting around the dinner table and you're frustrated about something that just happened at work and your kid says something disrespectful for you disrespectful to you or refuses to eat what your wife cooked for dinner or whatever it is like those are some i'm just running through a normal night in my own kitchen. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, it's, I, I, as you're saying that I'm thinking back, I'm like, how, like in those moments, I've, I've had times in my life where I'm tight <laughs> and I'm disciplined and I'm feeling good. And I'm, I have so much more patient in those moments. And, you know, the last couple of months I've really let myself slip and I felt it. And yeah. I've been journaling about this a lot. And I've, ha- I've found myself having to apologize to my kids a little bit like, Hey, yep. dad lost this, lost his stuff today. I'm really sorry. You didn't deserve that. That's, that's me. That's not you. I love that. And that's the, and I'm seeing it now. Like I got, I was pretty disciplined for a while. It's funny now I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what it looks like to fall short and it sucks. It's so important. This moment, these moments of falling short are really important with the self-awareness because the more that you fall and feel that the more you're going to not want to. And that's like what I was saying on Christmas. Like, I don't want to eat that shit Yeah, because I've done it so much. And I'm like, it's not worth it to me anymore. But you have to yeah. fall and fail to learn. But you got to keep your awareness and you're and pushing forward, climbing the mountain continuously, even yeah. though you're slipping to really get the wisdom and understanding of and, and get to the point where you're like, oh, okay, it is worth it. Yeah. You know, and as far as that goes, like the reason why you feel um, this way when you're not disciplined <laughs> is one, <laughs> you respect a disciplined man. You respect a man that takes the harder path. Every movie that you watch, like the hero is a, is disciplined. He shows up, takes care of business, does what must be done, right? And so when you act that way, you build this massive respect for yourself and this love for yourself. And so you just kind of are walking around with your chest out, shoulders back, chin up. You just feel on fire. You yeah. know, like, man, I'm killing it. You love yourself. And when you love yourself, man, it is so easy to pass out love to other people. It is so, you're just, you're a light. Yeah. And you're vibrating at this this place of just positivity and everyone around you can feel it because you earned it. On the other hand, when you don't fall through, you start to fall into that darkness and just mm-hmm. rag. You start to hate yourself, which does what creates negativity. And then you start vibrating negativity to everyone. And then what happens when you do that, man, you're going to make less money. Your marriage is going to suffer. <laughs> you're not going to be fun around your kids. You're going to be a drag. It's going to be this drag of darkness that no one wants to be around. And I know there's somebody listening to this right now, probably more than one, who's in that spot right now. We're just like, everywhere I go, I am just an absolute Eeyore negative blob. You know? And you're like, but I feel this way. Well, here's the thing. First of all, just just fake it. Just fake it for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's like, put a smile on. Like, yeah. All it is is pride. It's your own pride that you can't yeah. break through. So first yeah. of all, just put a smile on your face and realize you still need to give your people the best of you where you're at. So just mm-hmm. like when you're all frustrated at your wife and because of you, not because of her, Yeah. like put a smile on and just grab her hand and just tell her how much you love her. It's going to be really hard because you got this pride crust you got to break through. That's like, feels like yeah. it's impossible to get through. Just do it. Like that's the start. And then, man, listen, all you got to do, you just got to set a wake up time and get up every day. Then you got to get to the gym <laughs> and work your body every single day at the same time. And then you got to get your nutrition right. Best way to get your nutrition right is get the numbers right. The carbs, fats, and proteins. Get those dialed in that you understand the numbers. You use like an online calculator of some sort like my fitness pal, And you dial those numbers in and you hit those every day. If you do those three things, and you fight through that crusty pride with your wife and your kids, like you're going to have an epic life. Like you really are. It's all going to build from that. But if we ain't doing those things, there's just no way we're fucked. Yeah. Is that the root of what super, superhuman fathers really is, is walking guys through that. It's like, it's like the base is 
treat your wife with love and respect. That's your base. That's mm -hmm. your base. Man. Break through the pride crust because your your relationship with your wife is really what makes a break your breaks your life, man. Like really, yeah. Like even even now, like my wife and I have been kind of disconnected the last few days. Like she's at that time of a month. I I got a cough, so we've been kind of disconnected. Yeah, she woke up super negative this morning, and I'm and and we talked about it. We're like, dude, we've been we have not been connected. You know, mm -hmm. like you should be having like deep connected sex with your wife on a regular basis. Like if that's not happening, that's number one priority. Like yeah. fix that. And that's yeah. you, man. You're, it's pride. And and I don't even mean the intercourse. I mean, mm -hmm. like it could be just eye contact and just physical touch and like just being together. Mm -hmm. Like if that's not happening in your marriage, you, you know, you're going to be frustrated, man. She's going to be frustrated. Yeah. 100%. Uh, like that's, that's, I used to, that was the pinnacle of what we were trying to get to, but I'm realizing that's the base because that's yeah. what creates this happy family at home. And that's what creates like this, man, it, like we all love love stories and like um, we all want to be in love. We all want to feel loved. And, mm -hmm. and like your wife is right there. Like this is the source. Mm -hmm. Like this is the focus of everything. It's the foundation. And then we focus on that. And then we get disciplined with our, wake-ups our workouts and our nutrition now you have this foundation this powerful foundation where we can build upon yeah i mean that's what i'm seeing with these hundreds of men to, that, that's where our focus is out that's uh that's so strong and and, uh, and i'm imagining you know kind of talking through that moment where you're feeling that that moment of pride frustrated with your wife you know you're coming up with every your subconscious is fueling every you know that the wheels are turning it's all her she fault might she might be acting this. like a bitch too it doesn't matter go. She's, she's yapping at you. She's telling you how much of a piece of shit you are. <laughs> That's pain. She's in pain. So as a leader to the family, realize I'm here to lift her burdens off of her. Figure out what the problem is. Probably step up. Mm -hmm. She's upset at you. You're obviously doing something that's upsetting her. Yeah. She's got her own problems. I get it. But you're the leader of the family. Yep. It's you. So if you get sucked into it, like what, what good are you? Right. Rise above it. Yeah. Figure out the problem, just like you were trying to figure out a business that maybe uh, the revenue is dropping, like figure out a system, put it yeah. in place. Yeah. You know? I think that framework too, of like, she's, if she's lashing out or there's a behavior that you don't appreciate, you know, it's, it's that old theory, hurt people, hurt people. It's coming from a place. It's a reflection of what's going on within her most likely, or maybe that's a bouncing back off of what you're doing, but you have to be the one to recognize that if she's not flourishing, that's your responsibility to do what you can do to support her and lead her yeah. and help her. Yeah. And if we, are we showing up with like positive energy, fun, silly, exciting, you know, are we, are we having deep connection with them? Like conversation yeah. about life, kids, philosophy, about like what their needs are and their wants and like making plans to create a hope, a better hope for the future. Cause yeah. if your wife sees hope for a better future, she's going to feel more, comfortable with you you know mm -hmm. are you in a position where she can share everything or are you holding secrets from her if you're holding mm -hmm. secrets from her she's holding secrets from you there's no trust there like yeah. you have to be completely honest with each other even if it's embarrassing and it creates mm -hmm. shame go there like this is you have to and then you have to serve your wife you got to do the dishes you got to take the trash out you got to be on it with the kids um you got to be doing little stuff like making her little snacks or giving her little notes or like she has a drink that she likes to put together every day. Like my wife's pre-workout, like set up your day so that you mix it for her and put it in a place. She feels yeah. served all day. You know, like we just forget how important that relationship is for our entire everything. Like everything that we want to be successful at, mm -hmm. we forget how that foundation feeds all of it. Yeah. It's a quick story <laughs> to kind of highlight, highlight that, you know, like when was the last time anybody maybe listening myself included, like sat down and had a legitimate conversation with your wife and said, like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you want to happen in life over the next month, year, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. we had, I learned this about a year ago and it's something I have to remind myself of constantly just understanding who my wife is, what she wants, what makes her feel nourished and complete. And it's the whole, the whole idea of, you know, she was going to Target, TJ Maxx, whatever. And I'm sitting here as the numbers guy, the conservative guy, the we got to save every penny we can guy. And 
those receipts and my mentality did not mix. It was like oil and water. I was like, did we really need another like little thing for the coffee table at T uh, whatever it's called DJ max target? No, we didn't. I don't need to see Joanna gain stuff in my house at all anymore. We're good. But then I had the realization through talking to her, like she wasn't going to the store to buy these things to spend money or to blow the, to blow the budget or whatever. As of course me being, just an idiot. That's where my yeah. mind went first. She was doing that because it was a reflection of what she felt her calling and duty was as a mother and a leader within our home to make our house feel like a home and comfortable and this be this warm, nurturing environment for us and for our kids. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, that doesn't, that didn't necessarily didn't mean anything to me right off the bat. But to her, that was an expression of what she felt was the most important. And then it all made sense. What dude, I, I love this concept and this might even piss some guys off, but how I look at it is if my wife wants something and I'm not providing that for her, I'm failing. So okay, I got there you go. to figure out a way to create that life for her. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So if my wife wants something and she's not getting it, mm -hmm. I'm failing. I have to figure out a life such that I can provide that for her. Mm -hmm. Like, is she my goddess? Like, is she the most important thing in my life? Then what does she require of me? Mm -hmm. And if, so if you're a man and you ain't putting in the extra hours at work or working two damn jobs, if you have to, when educating yourself with a plan to elevate in the future and increase your skill sets to be able to build a larger kingdom to support what your wife wants, together mm -hmm. i love it because it's like at home you have a coach who's pushing you yeah. instead of being like oh she always nags me because i do this or that well are you wasting time are you netflixing net mm -hmm. are you getting up early are you taking mm -hmm. care of yourself are you building skills because if you're doing those things your income will rise mm -hmm. right so 100%. i love it. i'm like baby what do you want like tell me all your hopes and dreams like to the nth like what would yeah. be the best life for you? Like, yeah. and she's like, well, I don't need, I'm like, fuck need. Tell me what you desire. What do you want? I'm going to create that life for you. Yeah. Like how fun is that? But people are, people are stuck in their ways. You know, maybe you're an employee somewhere. I was a fireman for a long time. It's like, it's hard to make more money necessarily unless mm -hmm. you kind of move up to like captain and chief and all that. But at some point there's a cap, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're, you're at a job that you're like kind of capped out at. I just don't like, I don't want to be capped ever. I, I never want to be capped. I want increase in growth in my body, in my family, in my finances. So just, just know like there's no rules to your life. Like you could do whatever you want. You could change jobs. You could create your own business. A lot of guys I talk to have a skill set that they've been working on for 20 years, but they're still stuck in this employee mindset. And I'm like, bro, you know how to do it. Why are you not creating your own? They're like, I thought about it. Well, the difference between the guy who owns you and you is he just made a move. Oh, yeah, but it's risky. It's like everything's risky, man. Like risk is everything. You can't have an exceptional story without risk. You can't yes. create an amazing mm -hmm. life that someone would want to write a book about mm -hmm. without risk. Oh, yeah. That's a dude. That is a big point. Uh, that's been a big thing for me. I'm a, I'm a, a person of faith. I'm a Christian. And I realized I, I read this book called wild at heart. And I realized that you can't Love live, a, can't live a life of faith without risk. Risk is inherent in living a life of faith. And by denying risk, you are, you're shutting off the ability to, to live the life that God has called you to live, to literally walk in faith where you can only see where the next, you can barely see where the next foot needs to go. You damn sure can't see where the next one needs to go. Yeah. Oh man, you got me fired up on that point. Cause that's been like the, of all the light bulbs that I've had in my life, that's probably the biggest one. I got goosebumps, bro. Like, um, I love, I love just saying fuck it and, and pulling the trigger. Um, I love it. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. And the cool thing is, is like, this is why it's also so important to build that powerful relationship with, with, with your wife mm -hmm. of trust and adventure together. Because mm -hmm. like, we were at our 20th anniversary a couple months in November. Um, me and my wife were sitting across from each other. You know, I took her to this nice restaurant. I think it was the most expensive dinner. We, it was like a $700 dinner. I was like, I don't care. Like um, <laughs> 20 years, 
we're right across the street from the beach. I'm looking at the pier in the ocean yeah. and I'm like, just get whatever you want, baby. Like it, it's been 20 years. Like, yeah, let's celebrate this, you know? And I go, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pushing, I'm leveraging, you know, like <laughs> I'm putting it all on the line every time. And I don't yeah. know if I'll ever stop doing that. She goes, I go, you know what that means, right? She goes, yeah, I know we're risking it all, all the time. And I go, yeah, we'll probably, that's probably going to be our life. She goes, she goes, I don't care. I'll live in a trailer. I'll work at Trader Joe's. That's amazing. Think about that. As a man who has a dream, who has a woman next to him, who will just burn it down with you. Yeah. And, and win it all or lose it all together. Yeah. But you, but you have each other. And see, that's been built with me and my wife over the course of decades. We were not always like that. This is a trust that has been built through our consistency with each other. You know, we go to the gym every single morning together now, every day together. That's awesome. Like it's just been built over time. So, man, and that's, the, that's the reflection. I don't want to inter interrupt, but that's the, I think that like that, what you just said, Anybody listening can hear it. And I could see it. I could see the emotion. We could feel that, that emotion. That's the result of what it looks like, I think, living a life when you make your wife that that base layer, the foundation that you're building your family and your life upon. So I, I wanted to call that out. Like, that's super cool to see that illustrated that way. When you become the only thing your wife needs, like needs, right? And then she's willing to risk it all with you you're you're so unstoppable because she's the only thing that matters meaning i don't care what anybody else thinks of me or yeah. worried about failing in front of the world you know like mm -hmm. i could literally lose it all burn it all down and be the laughing stock of the world and my wife's gonna be like you're such a badass like yeah I'm, and i'm like all right let's build something else <laughs> like it's powerful gosh man that's that's so good yeah i, I think it's it's easy for us to get caught up in um you know what other people think you just mentioned you know other people might think we're crazy the guys at the country club or at the restaurant you, you're the club you go to or you know your golfing buddies or or the guy whatever they might think you're crazy they might tell you what the heck are you doing you're quitting your fireman job it's so reliable you got benefits you're gonna go into coaching what yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. your wife's sitting there with you like let's ride yeah, she's like, and that's ride. what matters Peter joe's i go all we're all dig ditches at night Care. yeah yeah <laughs> that's strong man um gosh that's that's unbelievable um so I'd, I'd be curious to hear what your philosophy is then you you and your wife together you know you guys are obviously on the same page what it looks like raising five kids together um five kids is a lot of kids all right so that's a lot that's more than most people have i'm used to two kids i got six and four year old boys we just adopted newborn twins. So overnight yeah, we, yeah, so they're, dude, they're like two, three months old. They are babies. I, I, I've got the door closed, but I can promise you they're inside screaming right now. Yeah. And uh, life is nuts. It's a circus. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to expand my capacity, how I can, you know, increase my tolerance for tension and, and be able to be a good dad to four kids. Like I felt like I was, I was getting, I was getting my legs under me with two. And now I'm like, all right, now we got four. You guys have five. Damn. Yep. How do you guys okay. like what's what's your general right. approach on raising kids? How can I share this? So do you see this? Do you feel this? Do you see this look? Do you see this like fucking got this? Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Fucking got this. Let's go. Mm -hmm. This is all day. Like shit gets spilled, shit gets broken. Kids are screaming and arguing. It's like, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, little guy. Hey. Remember how we talked about being a dick? Remember? And remember how we talked about how you're not going to get to use your e-bike if you act like that? Yeah. Okay. So two hours, you don't get to ride your e-bike. Like, oh, dad. Oh, and I go, ah. So right now you just whined, right? About that. That's going to be four hours. If you, if you do that, I need you to have a good attitude so that you get your e-bike back. And really, we're trying to make friends. And in the future, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be married like me and mom someday, right? And if you can't get along with your brother, that's going to completely screw up your life. Do you want to have a screwed up life? No. You got to learn now how to get along with your brother. All right? So two hours, no e-bike. Let's, uh, and, and and if I'm free though, I'll be like, we got no e-bike, but want to go ride skateboards? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's, but you're always like in it. You're always in the game. Yeah. You're always like playing goalie and playing ref and yeah. like <laughs> teaching. It's like you're teaching yes. all the time. There's always teaching moments. So when shit gets crazy, those are the best teaching moments. Yes. You know? Yeah. You're teaching them. You're not telling them. I think there's this misconception that we have to yell at our kids to teach them things. That for some reason, if we yell at them, that's going to hammer the point home. When in reality, if we yell at them, we're probably going to scare the shit out of them. They're probably going to be sitting there being like, now I don't feel very safe and I'm worried dad might, you know, whatever. I don't know what's going to happen. And what are the odds they're going to learn a lesson in that? As opposed to like you said, bring them in close, almost whisper to them, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's powerful. Like like, like, like a man bear, you know, like get them close and just give them a hug and just be up. Yeah. I like to use the metaphor with my son that uh, like for the scene from the Lion King, I like to pretend that I'm Mufasa and he's Simba and you know, we, I got to bring you in and I got to be the daddy lion and I'm going to wrap you up and I'm going to tell you what, what happened and why I thought that was wrong. And then we're going to go wrestle and play to your point. I think that's the second biggest thing. I think you got to have what the, this is like a real time revelation. Like in the last week I'm learning if when, when I'm teaching something to my kids, especially my oldest, he's a very typical first point. He's hard on himself He's type A. He wants to do things the right way. If he gets corrected, he gets embarrassed, which I'm also trying to work through at a parent. But I've learned if I can teach him and then put an immediate bookend and say, I was only teaching you a behavior. I wasn't trying to belittle you as a person. And then we just move on and go play basketball or baseball or whatever it is he wants to do. Yeah. The, the odds of that lesson being learned, like that coming back in another week and him having the revelation of like, okay, behavior is going to change in the future. It's so much higher. Yep. Yeah. And like, even with my older kids, you know, my oldest is 16 and then I got a 14 year old and sometimes I'll like walk in and dishes are in the sink, all full trash is there. And I'm just like, they're, they're like playing video games on the couch. So I'll just be like, I'll start cleaning stuff and just see, you know, making noise kind of, Yeah. <laughs> it might be like 10 minutes. Yeah. And maybe they don't notice. And I go sit down, I'll sit down with them and I go, Hey, um, I noticed the dishes were in the sink. Trash wasn't taken out. Oh, oh, and they go to get go to get up to do it, and I'm like, it's already done. I go, I just put in a 16 hour day, my friend, and I took care of the dishes and the trash, and I ain't even mad about it. I'll do it, but you're missing out on the opportunity to serve your family because now, mm-hmm. like, look, I get I get it all. Like, yeah, I'm I'm fucking unstoppable, boy. Like, how does that, how do you think that makes me feel? I'm crushing it, bro. Yeah. Like now look at, look at where you're at. Like I took care of it. Now you don't feel like you're part of what we're doing here. You know? And they're like, oh man, you know, it's like not compulsion, but it's example. And it's like, like, man, it feels good to work and to give and to serve. Like this is where it's at. And you just lost out on that opportunity because you weren't aware. Yeah. Oh, but I love you. Like, opportunity will be back tomorrow yeah yes i love you what what are we watching what are we playing what are we watching what are we playing? yeah that's uh and that's it that's not that's a lot different i think i, I say that's a lot different that's a lot different from what i think the knee-jerk reaction of a of a normal parent in the in the in the grind the rotation the the, the hurricane that is normal day-to-day life it's you walk you might walk in you might see that and say hey get up and do this that's hey, what you did was you to do it you did it. Like you led from the front. You set the example. You did not tell them what to do. You showed them what to do. And to me, that example is infinitely more powerful than the other way around of dad's just telling us another thing we need to do. Think about them when they're dads now and they come in after a long day work and their kids on the couch and they see that shit. They remember their dad. <laughs> yeah. I carry this family. I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to teach my boys and it'll just pass on from generation to generation and so uh, like these moments uh, i i like to tell myself the story that i want to do it because Mm -hmm. i i want to get as many points as i can today and so i walk in and i see they haven't done their their chores i'm like oh mine (laughs) right so it's like and then i'm like i like then then it's like a game where like i just destroyed you i just (laughs) got all the points today zero for you a million for me yeah. How's that feel? And they're like, nah, dang it. I forgot. I was like, dude, I don't know how you're going to 
get it done. So I don't beat you next time. You know, like yeah. put an alarm on your phone, like put, put up some sticky notes to remind yourself because I'm going to annihilate you again tomorrow. If you don't get your awareness up and it makes them want to do it. Yeah. God, dude, that's so good. That's awesome. I love that. I, and I'm going to start doing that with my, my six and four year old are, are old enough to, I think, to get that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to wait a bit, a little bit on the two, three month olds. They're, uh, they're, they're a little behind in that regard. We'll get them up there. Uh, man, <laughs> I like I'm telling you, I like I'm to sometimes a little sarcastic too, like with the, <laughs> um, like every once in a while I'll be like, Hey, um, don't, don't move. Don't move. I'm going to, I'm going to wait over you hand and foot. I'm your complete servant. I'm going to provide everything for you. I'm going to put in my 16 hour day and then I'm going to cook and clean for you. And then I'm going to do your nails and make sure they're nice and shiny. <laughs> and then I'm going to bathe you. You won't even have to move. In fact, I'll feed you. And they're just like, dad, no, stop. I'm, I'm getting up. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. Cause especially boys, like they want to feel like men, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, they like they want to feel they want to they want to be respected. Yeah, and that's a good way I think of doing it too. Like introducing that with a sense of humor, as opposed to it always being the you know the iron fist. Yeah, yeah, I ain't mad. I'm telling you how it is. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's so good, um, man. I've, I've <laughs> there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of things. This is an episode of conversation that I'm legitimately like sitting here in the middle of it, excited to listen back on and and be able to take notes i try to not take notes in the middle of these because i want to be as present as i can um but i'm looking forward to listening back and um and really taking some notes and, and letting some of these thoughts sink in um at the end of every conversation i ask a couple um couple call them canned questions whatever try to eliminate those from most of the conversation but i work a couple in at the end so uh, i'll run a couple by it and then and then i'll get you out of here um first question the answer to this question cannot be your family. It's only caveat, but aside from your family, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? Oh man. I'm proud. I'm proud of myself, man. I'm proud of myself for showing up every day. I'm proud of myself for being willing because I'm so imperfect and I'm, I'm still stupid and I make mistakes all the time, but I'm willing, absolutely willing. And this is a key to be a fuck up have a great life is just be absolutely willing to do whatever it takes and whatever is necessary and and then don't worry about the rest but yeah. but i am i'm proud of the man that i built and the man that i am currently building that's awesome um all right so next question uh you know here here in this conversation i think anybody who who may not know you maybe they know you from the past or are familiar with your content but they can definitely hear the passion the bravado the confidence the uh there's some swagger in your voice and and there's no denying that and they're probably listening to you and thinking man this guy has got it going on he doesn't deal with the same shit that i deal with he doesn't have the same struggles that i struggle Maybe with in your world yeah 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 must be yeah. nice right i think that's an easy projection an easy even if we do it subconsciously i just want to i want to offer the opportunity for you to maybe share something that like what, what is it in your, in your world that maybe you're working on right now to, to better within yourself or something that you kind of find yourself falling back on of like, man, this is maybe your Achilles heel or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's all levels, right? So uh, a couple of things that I beat, um, mostly is that the anger and irritation in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, uh, like even yesterday I was very stressed. You build anything amazing that you're pushing, you're going to be stressed. Stress is normal. If you're going to expand, you will be stressed. You're not broken, but it's really, sometimes I get so disconnected from like my wife and my family in the middle of the stress. Like I'll just catatonically like stare mm-hmm. and have like a poo face, you know? Yeah. Oh and yeah. My wife's really good. She's like, Hey, you're doing that thing. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> I said, yeah, I feel it. You know? Yeah. That's, that's one thing I'm really working on is like being present and connected with the family, even when stress is really high which it will be if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're going to feel that way. Um, nutrition for me is still hard at the level I'm trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I still freaking like, I know it's like, it's going to piss people off. I know, but it's not the point. The point is everyone has their own rules of where they're at in their life. For me, I'm trying to eat all whole foods, but I still find myself eating like stupid little uh, rice cake snacks that are like, or like protein bars and stuff. And I'm trying to remove those from 
my life completely. I just, I'm trying to go full monk. So that's hard. Um, And, uh, you know, over the past few years, I've completely removed um, any pornography from my life. Like zero. Um, And that, that took like, there's probably like five years where it was in and out of my life. Mm -hmm. And then the last three years of just nothing like that's been, that's been a huge massive level up for me so any guys that are dealing with that um even even if it's like every once in a while mm-hmm. like it's it feels really amazing to completely pull yourself away from that because it is um it is it's just it's just just does something to your spirit man yeah you know no doubt so about I, it like that's that's a big thing um and i also know that that one's always looming like that that one's always looming at the door and knocking on the door because it's so easy to get a hold of yep uh, and so like i would i would just consider myself always on edge on that one very yeah. careful yeah um i do like talking about that too because every guy deals with it at some level but nobody wants to talk about it yeah it's a you convicting know? thing for for most people it really we is. had a we had a guy pipe up in one of our roundtable meetings and superhuman fathers and said hey i'm dealing with this it's causing a problem in my marriage and i was like Hey, I've, I've dealt with it personally. And I go, who on this call has dealt with this? Put your fist to the camera. And it was like, I, I don't think I saw even one person not go like this on the camera. Yeah. And I was like, see, bro, yeah. <laughs> you ain't alone. These yeah. are all very powerful, good men that are very disciplined. And all of them have dealt with this in some way, shape or form. Right. Right. This is it's all, it's it's how this we're is wired. It's how we're wired. And, and this is all a game of self-betterment and, Here's the deal. Like if you can't control your food, I already know that you're struggling looking at stuff that's poisoning your spirit. I already know that. And I don't think there should be any guilt and shame in this. I think it needs to be out in the open and real and honest. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it and we just get better at the game. It's a skill. Yeah. Discipline is a skill that we get better at. So if yeah. you're not good at it, it's like you show up the first day of basketball practice and you suck. Of course you suck. You haven't been practicing. There's no shame in this. <laughs> You know, right. yeah, yeah, and I want. I just want to. I want to take a point to take a minute to just point out, like, if that's something you struggle with, or if any of these things that we've talked about are things that you've struggled with, I think that's the beauty in being a part of a group like Superhuman Fathers, or just having that tribe of guys where you can have, you know, a judgment-free position to share what's on your heart, to share the things you're struggling with, to share the burdens that you're carrying, <laughs> and see visually that everyone else is dealing with the same stuff yeah. you're not that special yeah people but i think being a part of a perfect. group like that is huge yeah like i thought this guy was all dialed in well he <laughs> he might be dialed in on some things but the things that you struggled with he probably at least isn't if he's not struggling with it now he did at some point and he can teach you how to overcome it yes yes absolutely cool i wanted to i wanted to make that point and i appreciate you being willing to lead from the front and share that and and, and be willing to lead that conversation because like you said nobody wants to talk about it but that's a, that's a big thing um for everybody uh last question for you this is this is a, a bigger bit more open-ended question um it has to do with the word legacy so when i think of the word legacy i think oftentimes we immediately that gets associated with money and names on buildings, uh, you know, cars in the driveway, whatever that may look like, those things aren't inherently bad at, at, by any means. But when I think about legacy, I think about the people that mean the most to me, and I think about what I'm, who I'm going to leave behind. Within those two buckets falls my kids. And when I think about that word legacy, I think more about like the moments, the memories, the lessons, the, 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 the nature of my kids that's going to be ingrained in them because of the way that I raised them, whatever impact I'm able to have on them that they can then live their life with. That's kind of what I think of when I think of the word legacy. So through that lens, if I turn that around on you and said, Kyle, what you want your legacy to be with your five kids? How would you answer that question? Oh man, just disciplined belief warriors, like to where they need nothing. They give everything and, um, and they believe in themselves. They, they just, they're, not, and not only that, they project belief to others. I've yes. been I've been given a gift by like the coaches that I've hired and the people I've surround myself with. Like I found people that they tell the truth. If you're if you're doing shitty, they're going to tell you. If you're doing well, they're going to tell you. If, if they believe in your future, they're going to tell you. If you're on the wrong track, they're going to tell you. Surround myself with people that tell the truth. 
and they tell me the truth. And when they tell me, hey, you're it, bro. You're doing it. Just stay on the path. Like they instill belief in me. And I, I like to create other men that instill belief in others. This is like the, you know, like my goal is to, when people come to me, is instill belief in you that you can do it. Because if you believe, you will follow through. And then when you believe and you fall through, you will share that belief with others. And then it just spreads. And that's where you see a movement actually grow, you know, but that's what it is, man. That's what I want my kids to be. I love it, brother. Where's the best place for people to find you, follow you? How do we get involved with Superhuman Fathers? Uh, Instagram's the best place to get my daily messages. Um, I'm also on the, the freaking weird ass TikTok now, which <laughs> whatever. I, <laughs> um, and then YouTube, YouTube, we've got our YouTube going. Um, but Instagram is the best spot, supremefathers.com. As of right now, we have it set up where you can uh, have a quick 15-minute consultation to see if you're right for the brotherhood. And then uh, and then um, one of my guys will kick you over to me or one of my other guys that's been in my program for a year to push you forward and get you signed up and join us. Very cool. We are going to link it all up. It's all going to be in the show notes, fellas. Anybody listening, you want to find out more, I encourage you to find out more. It's all in the show notes. So, uh, Kyle. Thank you again so much for making the time. Pleasure to have you on, brother. Yeah, that, that was a great conversation, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Good stuff. We'll uh, we'll do it again sometime. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.